0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Citizen Path. It's a new way to prepare US immigration forms. It's an online service that makes it easy to prepare and file USCIS applications and petitions. Believe me, as a nationalized citizen, I know the hassle. Citizen Path gives you instant alerts. If there's a problem, the service even provides a guarantee. Yes, a guarantee that USCIS will approve the form. Citizen Path was designed by immigration attorneys, but it's significantly less expensive than an attorney. And here's the fun part. Immigrantly listeners can use coupon code Immigrantly to save 15%. You can visit their website at citizenpath.com.
1: The first night, I'm in, a, like, a, a a smallish cell with, with ten bunk beds in, and then my wife, my wife didn't know where I was. The ICE officer told me when... I said, how long will I be there? Oh, not long, not long. I said, but how long's not long? Not, not long. Something just kept popping up every, like, three, four weeks, where it just gave you new hope, and then, obviously, after the hope had gone, You'd be down again. It was like a
0: roller coaster. Have you ever thought about what impacts bureaucratic mistakes within the immigration system can have on individuals, their personal relationships, careers, freedoms? I know we don't talk enough about how incompetent our immigration systems are, But my today's guest is going to shed light on it through his story. He's not an expert on immigration. He's not a lawyer. He's not a professor. But his lived experience says it all. Our guest today has a story that really touches your heart. Craig is from England. When I read about his story, I was shocked because to me, Craig Doble, who is British, has a British accent, is white. What could possibly go wrong with his immigration process in the US, right? I mean, come on. He has already won half the battle due to who he is, how he looks, how he speaks. True, right? Mm, Not so true. He moved to the US in 2015. Eventually, he ended up in England. He is currently living there. And there's a whole story as to why this happened. Well, Craig, when he came to the US, he fell in love with his wife, a US citizen, and he decided to settle down. However, he mistakenly didn't fill out a page, seriously, a page in his visa renewal application which led to his arrest and detention by ICE. What ensued was a crazy, crazy series of events. Buckle up, you may be shocked, disgusted, surprised and at times amused. You'll definitely learn something new with this one. So let's get started. Greg Doppel's story started like any other. He is a soccer coach, or what he would call football coach, working in his home country, England. Then he found himself with the opportunity to move to the States.
1: I was working at one of the colleges here in in England, and one of my friends kept mithering me to um, send my CV, my resume over to uh, a, a friend of his. And I, I must have hmm. told him no about 10 times. Um, and anyway, I caved in to him and uh, I sent it over. And within 30 minutes, this this guy's offered me a job. He gave me three options, which was Michigan, a uh, place home of Texas or Connecticut. And he, he said, don't make any decision right now. Just think about it over the weekend. This was like on a Friday night. He, he rang me literally 10 minutes later and said, we've got something else that has just come in. We think you'd be the perfect fit. So I've never even heard of Gross Point or many places in Michigan apart from Detroit, to be honest. And then once I got there, I just fell in love with it. I mean, the people of Michigan are literally some of the best people that I've ever met in my life. And And quite oddly, I've never met as many Greek people As I had (laughs) in Michigan. I think there might actually be more Greek people in Michigan than there is in Greece. They say that people make a place and they definitely make Michigan, that's for sure.
0: Craig's luck with the wonderful people of Michigan didn't stop there. He would eventually come to meet his future wife, Kristen, in the way many people are meeting their partners now. Online, of course. So then you met your wife on Match.com. Okay, so this gets interesting. You created your profile. Did you go in with the intention of meeting your future wife or was it just for fun? You were just having, you know, some good time.
1: To be honest, I'd been on, on a couple on your, on your phone where, you know, you swipe left, swipe right, whatever. <laughs> um and and nothing was was ever coming from it, and I thought, you know what? i I'd, I'd been on match before, and I actually hate online dating like with a passion. Um, Why? Dr- because I'm not very photogenic, and I, <laughs> I, I, I just I just find that I'm actually better in person in terms of my personality. I, I I like to meet people more naturally than force it. But but with my work, I was working like I I worked till like ten o'clock at night sometimes, so I was never really finding anybody and had been on it before and i didn't really like it again but i thought go on i'll give it one more try and it's the the awkwardness of of the start of it of like reaching out with a conversation of what do you put and i, I honestly can't remember what i put but yeah i uh i went on there going right i'll give it one more try my wife was like said the same she's gonna give it one more try and we actually ended up meeting each other which was uh, a coincidence i reckon so what was about her that got your attention? At first I didn't think she was interested because she was terrible at replying. And I thought, <laughs> oh, okay, well, this is going nowhere. And then she told me that it's because she was at work and she didn't have the app and stuff like that. So I was like, okay. Before I met her, I was interested in speaking to her first and and stuff like that. So I, I called her and we was on the phone one night and I said, How long do you think we've been on the phone without looking? And she said, probably mm. an hour. And I said, N- six hours. So, wow. yeah, we, we, we had two lengthy phone calls before we met each other. Um, and then I think we met each other the, the first time on, the, on uh, March, the th- uh, March the 2nd, uh, 2019,
0: yeah. And then you eventually got married. When was that?
1: Uh, June the 5th.
0: Little did they know the newlywed Bliss would be abruptly cut short. Craig was originally here on an H2B visa, which allows foreign workers to come to the US on a temporary basis. This wasn't an initial problem because honestly, he thought
1: he had applied to renew it. It then come to, well, the December when my visa was running out and I applied for a uh, extension of the visa. I think it's a 90, 90 day or maybe 120 days. I can't really remember how many days it was to extend it for. I'd never, obviously, done any paperwork for immigration stuff, so what happened was there was... I think there was 22 pages of this application, I think pages 14, 15, 16, and 17 were all blank. So I just left them out. Well, I didn't know, even though they're blank, they're still supposed to be in the application. Oh. So I then received a cheque, the, the cheque that I sent off, I then received it back with the remaining of my application saying that it had, uh, the, the, the application wasn't all there. So I was like, OK. And by this stage, it had already, it, like, the date had gone now and it had expired, so I then carried on working there, paying my taxes, but I'd overstayed my visa, so I wasn't then in status after that.
0: So this was all before 2019. In 2019, you get married, you settle down, and then in September 2019, you were arrested by ICE. You don't have a legal status at that point. Did you think of applying for a green card then because your wife is a U.S.
1: citizen? Yeah, um, so (laughs) this is going to sound a bit stupid now, but... When we got married, we said, "Okay, well, we're going to apply for the green card, but let's just wait for my medical records to come from England, because um, there's three three uh, steps to the application, and if you do all three together, you save a thousand dollars. We just wanted to to save that, and uh, that's why we decided to wait. But my medical records took seven months to come.
0: So this happens between the time your medical records are coming." and your visa applications. so this is september 2019 you're arrested by ice now walk us through those events
1: they uh take me to uh the ice detention center but because it's a saturday uh the, there wasn't any room and they put me in what is known as downtown uh, monroe in michigan the first night i'm in a like a a, a smallish cell with with 10 bunk beds in and then my wife, my wife didn't know where I was, so um, I don't know a number off by heart. I do now, but I didn't at the time, and I thought she wasn't accepting my call, but I was pressing the wrong number. On the Sunday she comes to visit me, and we just, I'm just like sobbing and cry. I've never cried so much in the last fourteen <laughs> months than I've in my, all my life. She said. I have a, we have a lawyer, he's going to help us get through this. And I said, well, I have to go back home. And she said, no. And then I'm then taken to the immigration place on the Monday. And the ICE officer told me, when I said, how long will I be there? Oh, not long, not long. I said, but how long's not long? Not, not long. <laughs> so I said, OK. And they then take me down to the uh, downtown Detroit to the field office and they take it on my fingerprints and... I I was there, like, eight hours, nine hours for the whole day, just fingerprints, and that was it, photograph. And my wife rang while I was, while I was there. She was with, with, with the lawyer, the attorney, and then they took me back. And again, I said, how long, how long? Oh, it, it won't be long, it won't be long. So little do I know, on the wall in the facility that I was at, I didn't know this until, like, eight months into it, though, it does say on the wall it is very unlikely you will see a judge within two weeks. It's a minimum 14 days. And that's what my lawyer told my wife, that it would be the minimum 14 days, which it it turned out to be 17 days. Yeah, so I I, I lost about 25 pounds in four weeks. I couldn't eat, I I was all over the place. Never been through anything like that ever.
0: things were just wrong from the beginning, right? You were originally listed as a black man on your wristband, even though you're white, as white as can be.
1: (laughs) Yeah, i might cast you the Ghost.
0: (laughs) And then this happened later when you were appealing a bond decision that stated you were from Mexico.
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: Why do you think this was happening repeatedly?
1: I, I honestly have no idea. The the, 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 there's just so, so many things that happened that you think just can't be right. The, the judge deported me on May the 6th. He signed the paperwork May the 6th and the, my court date wasn't until May 7th. I then appealed the bond hearing for the Board of Immigration Appeals. Yeah, they said uh, the uh, respondent assistant and native of Mexico. And at that stage, I said to my wife, nothing is going our way here, just... Just, like, let's just get out of here. It just didn't seem right. The ICE officer (laughs) that was in the building, they have have an ICE guy there that's there Monday to Friday. He said to me Hmm. one day, he said, you know what, I see people uh, in your position quite a lot. The wives keep them in jail. I went, what? The wives keep them in jail? Have you ever thought about just going back home and applying from back home? People in your situation... He said, people would pay to be in your situation. i said, what do you mean? He said, well, you're married to an American. You're from England. I said, right. He said, you came into the country legally.
0: People would have paid to be in Craig's position. As absurd as it may sound, I think it's true. Craig was in this ideal situation. He came in on a visa. He was married to an American citizen. He wasn't from a country that is targeted and scapegoated by our government officials. And he is white. Yet, it wasn't enough.
1: I'm a very stubborn person. That was like, I'm staying here a lot. I'm just staying till this is done now. But one thing after the other just kept happening and going against us the the facts that uses uh went to ice so obviously you know i was uh, subpoenaed to give evidence in court to a lady uh worker who was bringing in alcohol and uh, having sex with one of the immigrant inmates
0: oh wait wait let's talk about this this is crazy so you're detained this is all happening in michigan right you're detained in michigan And you were there for 436 days, right? And during that time, your green card was never processed. So let's take a step back. Why wasn't your green card processed? Like you cannot process green card while you are in detention. What did the lawyer say?
1: Well, this again is a thing that I really don't understand because USIS have their own policy that says if anybody is detained, they will Hmm. process their paperwork within 30 days. They, they, they have that as clear as day. That is their own policy. I think it came out in 2011. They have that policy themselves. So it's the Form I-130 that was waiting on being processed and we're still waiting on it today. We had Senator Gary Peters and uh, Senator Debbie Stebenau reach out to USIS to see if they could expedite it. And they said that um, they would only do it if we met like one of their five or six criterias. So what were those criteria? I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I do know that if you've come into some hard times, some financial hardship, uh, some medical hardship and, and things like that, well, we met about four of them and they still haven't done it. Um, my mm. wife had to move out of, of our apartment and is now living with her parents. I was on high blood pressure medication. My wife was on anxiety tablets. Yeah, there was just, there was just so many of the 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 uh, criteria that we 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 met, but they still wouldn't look at doing it.
0: Things would soon take a turn, and Craig would find himself entangled in a questionable legal situation when he accidentally revealed that an ice walker was engaging in a sexual
1: relationship with a detainee. She was a cook in the kitchen, and it was just bizarre like how no one noticed i don't know but what happened that how it came out was i'd been in there a few times and the lady was absolutely wasted like proper wasted i told her to make coffee a few times just to sober her up and get rid of the smell i mean the the thing that was saving her was masks for staff were mandatory so they couldn't really Mm. smell the alcohol The way they got caught was that one day the sergeant was walking past and Mm. these Mexican guys had the cook's phone and they're playing music and everything. He suspended her, he uh, fired all the uh, trustee guys that were working in the kitchen and they then put him in a a separate dorm. So the, 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 the dorm is split, dorm A, dorm B. And mostly the American guys are in dorm A and the immigrants are in B. Well... I had decided to give everybody a 500-minute calling card because visitation was not happening due to the coronavirus. So he's feeling really bad about this guy that he's in. I said, well, don't worry about it. He's good, he's good. And I ended up telling him in not so many ways, not realising how serious it was. I know that sounds very naive and stupid and... But I really didn't know how serious it was.
0: So who did you tell? Detention officer?
1: Yeah, one of the correctional officers. I spoke to him and that's when it all came out and they'd gone through all the video footage then and, yeah, that's that's how it came out.
0: And you know what? Craig was eventually subpoenaed to give evidence against the worker. Can you believe that? And while this was happening... Nothing in his case was moving forward. Craig's time in the detention center got longer and longer four hundred and thirty six days to be exact.
1: well, every time I thought I was going to give up and go right we just I'm just going back to England some a little carrot kept kept getting dangled in front of us, so we'd be um. I don't know, just, just say December. December happened and the judge said, oh, well, I'll give you a continuation of your I-130 being processed. And he said March. Now, I literally was defeated there, thinking in there for Christmas, in there for another four months, can't do it. And then a senator would reach out saying, oh, we're looking, we're looking at, at, at helping you and we're waiting for uses to respond. Then they'd have to ask more information. Then it was, oh, we've got an appeal coming up. And then you see some things would happen. Then coronavirus happened and it was trying to get me out on medical grounds, but they wouldn't get like released me on medical grounds. And something just kept popping up every like three, four weeks, where it just gave you new hope and then obviously after the hope had gone, you'd be down again. It was like a roller coaster. So
0: what we didn't talk about before is why exactly Craig got arrested in the first place. It wasn't one of those scenarios where ICE came knocking on his door. Craig was initially arrested on a DUI charge. He was arrested for drunk driving. At the station, the police notified him that they had contacted ICE after seeing that he was there without legal status. Now, I am not condoning drunk driving. However, I think that this brings up a crucial point about how unforgiving we are to immigrants who make mistakes or commit offenses, offenses that many Americans make on a daily basis. Immigrants are held to a higher moral standard and face dire consequences when they fall from it. I know I am an immigrant.
1: I, I, I understand how serious street driving is. I I, I totally get it. But when, when you when you see people from America that were brought into the same facility as me and mm. they're on the sixth and eleventh DUI and they're doing not even a like half, they're not even doing a quarter of the time. One guy got ninety-three days, you're thinking, wow, they're using your nationality against you.
0: Craig's fate would be decided before his hearing would even take place. The judge that was assigned to his case ruled that he would be deported the day before the trial. Seriously, one day before the trial. Craig didn't even get to plead his case. So much for that honorable judicial system, right? Unfortunately, this type of instance is not unheard of. The fates of detainees are completely dependent on the type of judge they get, the mood those judges are in, how sympathetic they are. The objectivity that is supposed to exist in this flawed system, honestly, is an illusion. And it's the powerless who always, always, always pay the price. Eventually, Craig and Kristen would decide that the process had gone on long enough. They had spent almost the entirety of their marriage navigating a detention center and a broken immigration system in a global pandemic. Craig was deported back to England while Kristen stayed in the U.S. She briefly visited him for Christmas with the intention of coming back in spring But the bureaucratic challenges of immigration don't just end at the detention center. They found themselves with other obstacles that prevented them from being together. On a tourist visa, Kristen can only stay for six months in order to acquire a permanent visa. Craig has to show six months of earnings, which he doesn't have because he just spent the last year detained by ICE. As I was listening to Craig speak, I couldn't help but think about how this affected his marriage. I can't even imagine the stress they must have gone through and we had to hear the perspective of Craig's wife, Kristen. We asked the two of them to sit down and discuss how this situation has impacted their marriage and the connection they share. As of today, they are still living in different countries immigration is so heavily politicized that I think we forget how deeply human the issue is. All of its impacts are felt at the most personal level.
1: How do you think our marriage has been impacted since then? Makes sense you we're in there yes yeah, it's the whole thing so since since i got detained how do you think um well, seeing
2: as you've been, we've spent more time married while you were in
1: there
2: than we <laughs> yeah. have, since you've been out, i don't know i think it's probably been i mean in a weird way maybe like benefited it a little bit because i think you're kind of forced to um and maybe this kind of goes into the next question too but you're kind of forced to do different things. You know, obviously we can only communicate a certain way. Like I couldn't call you, you could only call me, which sometimes was a good thing and sometimes a bad thing. You know, were able to see each other twice a week. And obviously when COVID hit then they closed down so we weren't able to see each other at all. I don't know. I think while yeah we did lose fourteen months of our lives with you being in there, I think ultimately it probably saved our marriage you know we were able to connect or maybe reconnect in a different way because we were forced to because we had to write letters back and forth to each other or we only could have 15 minute phone calls at a time or we had to make the most out of the hour a week that we got to see each other I you know I think I don't know I don't know a lot of people that were that have been married for 20 years that could handle that kind of like the stress and stuff that comes along with that kind of
1: separation I, I well i I think it in a weird way, we got to know each other far more than we could have possibly imagined, like for example, if I have something wrong i I want to talk about it there and then, and it took me a long long time <laughs> to realize that when you are emotional, I have to leave you for a while until you are then able to, to talk about it. Um, I don't know if that's an English, American thing and an English thing that we do it a different way or, you know, but yeah, that that, that, that took me a while to get used to. And, you know, I just, I, 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 I genuinely believe that it brought us closer together in a very strange and weird way. And we, we just had to, to make the, the most of, of it. Obviously, I hated it when you were... Uh, like your dad's your dad's birthday or Christmas together, Halloween together, Thanksgiving together, and I was missing out on that stuff. But yeah, I'd, yeah, just I, I, I genuinely think that it brought us closer together, and we know each other more. And with the writing of letters, we probably know more about each other than we would have known if I if I hadn't have been in there.
2: I think it also. Like our changed the relationship or created a better relationship with our extended family. Like your mom and me.
1: Yeah, you never trust your mom so much, did you? (laughs) Every day. I talked
2: to her more fourteen months than I did to my own mom. My sister, you and my sister. I mean, had your little pen pal thing going back and forth, and you and my mom and my niece and then my mom, you know, when she came to visit with me. I think those relationships definitely benefited from the situation.
1: Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Did you ever think of throwing the towel in at any stage?
2: Oh, that's I don't see that question in
1: here. <laughs> <sighs> no, but it's part of what was that that was there before. No, no. answer that as quick as that, I would have liked. <laughs>
2: In the towel please i already
1: had too much invested in you <laughs> i was gonna
2: pay for a divorce the, on all that <laughs> the, the the one so thing you're an, inv-
1: you're an investment at that point yeah uh, the one thing that i would say in terms of not succeeded yet with our marriage is just starting a family obviously we both want that desperately and that past <laughs> the 14 months being in there and now that's obviously been hindrance on that situation
2: yeah but i don't think that's necessarily being unsuccessful i just think that's the hand that we were dealt and yeah i mean there's a lot of things that married couples that are approaching their two-year anniversary have probably done together prior to that we haven't like gone on vacation together yeah and holidays together well christmas we had christmas this year last year i think we've been pretty successful for the most part in making it work i would say
1: yeah, I mean, it's easier now, isn't it? Now we can FaceTime each other and we don't have some woman going, one minute remaining at right. uh, our calls. But uh, it is... Or all knowing the... that
2: they're going to be recorded and potentially someone yeah. could be listening
1: to them. <laughs> well, there is that as well. I'm paying for them as well.
2: Uh, yeah, that, that's definitely...
1: Bonus. A
2: bonus, not having to pay to talk to each other. <laughs> or drive, you know... Hours round trip again every
1: week, yeah.
2: see your face.
1: Um, so what do you think the future holds in?
2: I think, well, it can't get any worse, right? It can only go up from here, so
1: you used to always say that, and then something happened. So,
2: <laughs> I think that whatever we want it to be, right? I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, the immediate future is obviously in the UK, but. Who knows after that whether we're going to stay here. Obviously, we're going to give it a go, see what the UK is like, and, you know, we might not even be successful in the way of the but...
2: Maybe we will be and we won't want to leave.
1: Exactly. America's lost then. Yes, they mm-hmm. have. Well, what I hope
0: people will take away from this particular episode is that our broken immigration system robs people of real moments they can't get back. In this situation, it's the ability to enjoy their marriage. In other situations, it's graduations, birthdays, anniversaries, funerals, and the birth of children. Moments like those are precious to everyone, but the ability to do those things is what Many take for granted. It is human nature to make mistakes. Immigrants don't stop being humans because of their migration status, right? And they pay for those mistakes with their freedom. The other thing that you should take away from this episode, I hope you do, is that navigating the immigration system is complex. The paperwork is complicated, the process is arduous. If you can, always reach out for help during your own process. Now Craig comes from an English speaking country. Think about the people whose first language isn't English. The inaccessibility of our immigration system is riddled with components of privilege. We have to work for a more accessible and just system. So let's use whatever resources we have to aid each other. The need for radical change has never been more clear. I hope you enjoyed this story.